0: It's 930 in 716. Lake Effect Snow on the podcast.
1: Everyone here in Western New York knows how Lake Effect Snow impacts us. And then um, being able to understand how Lake Effect Snowfall will behave in a warmer world in the future, that's uh, thats going to be really useful for us to be making predictions
0: i'm tim wenger and the podcast is powered by the brothers of mercy a five-star rated skilled nursing residents offering affordable living in a country setting lake effect snowfall one of nature's and of course western new york's greatest snow machines It happens when that cold wind flows over the warmer waters of the lakes, giving rise to intense bands of precipitation that can dump several feet of snow on a single location in a matter of, well, hours or days. A new study at the University of Buffalo aims to learn even more about this phenomenon, which has really been the basis of some of the Great Lakes region's most epic weather events, including back-to-back storms in 2014 that buried parts of us here in western New York under seven feet of snow. Remember that? The ultimate goal of the research is to understand whether lake effect snow will become more frequent or intense in coming decades, as the earth potentially warms. I sat down with Dr. Elizabeth Thomas, Assistant Professor of Geology in the UB College of Arts and Sciences, in her office, also in her lab, and even in an environmentally controlled cooler that keeps the soil samples being used in this study at that perfect chilly temperature.
1: I am a geologist and study how climate and weather changed in the past. And the goal of this project is to try to understand how lake effect snow changed in the past with the goal of doing a better job at predicting future lake effect snowfall. And to do that, we uh, look at sediment archives. So lakes are sediment traps and there's mud in the bottom of those lakes and we can collect cores of that sediment and look back in time at how climate or plants or anything changed in the past, and what we're in studying in particular for this project is something called leaf waxes. now, just like uh the skin our the oils that we produce on our skin, plants produce waxes as a protective coating on their leaves um and those leaf waxes are made up of hydrogens and carbons. They're a lot like the gas that we put in our car. They're just big, long hydrocarbon chains. And the hydrogens in the leaf waxes come from rain and snowfall that the plants are, that eventually makes its way into the soil and the plants suck up that water and use that to build their leaf waxes. And then there's one more step in the process there. The hydrogens in the water are made up of two different isotopes. There's a heavier isotope and a lighter isotope. So hydrogen that has a mass of one and deuterium has a mass of two. They behave slightly differently in the water cycle. So hydrogen evaporates more easily than deuterium and then rains out or snows out more easily. And so the leaf, and it turns out that lake effect snow has a different signature of those heavy and light isotopes than regular snow that might come from a nor'easter or something, and so we can actually look at snow today and see a chemical difference between lake effect snow and other snow, and then it turns out that the leaf waxes preserve that different chemical signal and then the waxes themselves that are produced by plants living everywhere on the landscape here in western New York, those waxes get blown off of the leaves, preserved in these lake sediment archives, and then we can go and measure, collect the sediments and measure those leaf waxes and get an idea of what the isotopic composition of snowfall was in the past.
0: Let's back up because there's a lot there. It's really complicated, uh, very interesting, but complicated. What do you hope to accomplish? What do you, I, you can't predict what the research is going to say, obviously, that, would, that wouldn't be you know, a good thing to do, but what are you hoping to find out in the end or be able to do with the research?
1: So what we know from uh, work by many other geologists and paleoclimatologists is that there's a time period around six to 10,000 years ago that was warmer. It's a relatively warm period in Earth's history. It's not warmer than today, but warmer than like 1850, warmer than pre-industrial times. And that warm period we think is a pretty good analog for studying what's happening today with climate here in Western New York. And so we know from these temperature records that there's this relatively warm period. So we wanna look at how snowfall and rainfall behaved during that time period. And I was actually just talking with another meteorologist today, and he thinks that mm, he gets questions a lot. Like, is there going to be more lake effect snow in the future or less lake effect snow in the future as the lakes warm up and as air masses warm up? Because we know that it's cold air over a warm lake that gives us these big storms. And so... But we don't know, and he, that's what he answers to all of his, the people who ask him that question. We just don't know what um, lake effect is gonna do, how it's gonna behave in the future. And so by looking back at this previous relatively warm period in Earth's history, we're hoping to do a better job of understanding how lake effect snow behaved during that relatively warm period, and then provide better predictions for future lake effect.
0: So it's the old knowledge is power. I mean, you're, we're, we're digging up, no pun intended, some, you know, some knowledge that should be able to help or hopefully will be able to help uh, not only forecasters but geologists to figure this whole puzzle out. Exactly. Okay. Um, where do you go for this sediment? How do you how do you determine where to look for this?
1: There are lots and lots of lakes and bogs in western New York and Ideally, we would be working in a lake or a bog that's right in the middle of one of today's lake effect snow belts, Um, so somewhere in the south towns. Um, One of the sites that we're working in right now, just trying to get a handle on exactly how the leaf waxes work and exactly what they tell us about climate, Um, we're working in Java, North Java, New York, and that's a little bit outside the main lake effect snow belts and so if any of your listeners know of a lake or bog that's in a lake effect snow belt i'd be um, really curious to know about that
0: so you're not looking in lake erie lake ontario the great lakes you're looking downwind i'm
1: yes exactly yeah because it lake erie is the source and lake ontario and lake erie are the source of our lake effect snowfall so we're actually looking where the snow is falling in our backyards
0: Okay, so once you find this sediment in, for, for example, Java Lake, or uh, maybe another one that'll be found as a result of this podcast, who knows? But um, once you find the sediment, what do you do?
1: So we actually go, once we locate a bog, we go to the bog, we bring all of our coring equipment, so we and send a big uh, tube down to the bottom of the lake, pound that in with a weight, and pull it up. And inside that is a core of sediment and it's in order from over at the top of the mud is the youngest and down towards the bottom. We can go back in time, thousands of years. Then we bring that back here to the lab and split it open. We can see all the layers and then we take samples that we use for radiocarbon dating so we know how old the mud is. And then we also take samples where we can extract the leaf waxes and measure their isotopic, their chemical composition. To get, to give us an idea of past lake effect snowfall.
0: So that core, you can timeline that core and and look at how, how precise can you be with that?
1: Yeah, we can. Um, we use radiocarbon uh, dating on macrofossils, on like little bits of plants and twigs and things like that to get the age of the sediment, and then we can we know within 10 to 50 years, something like that, what the age of that sediment is. And so, with this study, we won't be able to say, you know, 10,000 years ago, there were 10 lake effect snowstorms. We can't be that detailed, but we can say, you know, for a given decade, 10,000 years ago, there was more lake effect snowfall than there is today, or less lake effect snowfall than there is today.
0: And, and if you were able to make that determination one way or the other, what what does that mean for for modern day life, modern day forecasting for lake effect uh, uh, snowfall?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that impacts all of us. Whether we're we have to be out shoveling every day, um, it impacts how our communities make decisions about how many snow plows we need to buy, how much salt we have to buy. Um, that impacts our budgets. That impacts how uh, our our food is grown because our food is highly dependent on spring snow melts and, and rain um, to be able to to grow that. And so I think that, I mean, we all, everyone here in Western New York knows how lake effect snow impacts us. And then um, being able to understand how lake-effect snowfall will behave in a warmer world in the future, that's uh, that's going to be really useful for us to be making predictions.
0: Where are you at with this with this study right now? Obviously, you're underway. You're, you have one site at least that you've referenced so far. Where are you at with the whole research project?
1: We're starting right now. Um, looking at modern samples, so leaf waxes that are produced and deposited in lake sediments today, just to try to understand exactly what those leaf waxes tell us about. And we have a couple of sites, one in Java and another one near Syracuse, looking at uh, how modern leaf waxes tell us about lake effect snowfall versus summer rainfall, for example. Um, And we're sort of in the initial stages of starting to look... For sites to to look back in time in the past. Once we identify those sites, we'll go start collecting cores. And
0: what kind of uh, manpower does this this require? I'm sure students are involved, student researchers. Uh, talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm the lead on this project, and thus far there's been. Um, graduate student, uh, master student, Meg Corcoran, here at UB working on analyzing the samples. And then to do a lot of the collections, I've actually been working with citizen scientists One of them is my father near Syracuse, um, collecting rain and snowfall samples for me, and then also visiting a pond regularly and collecting sediment samples. And then in North Java, we're collaborating with the Buffalo Audubon Society and some volunteers, some citizen scientist volunteers who've been collecting sediment samples for us down there. So it's a big big group of people helping out.
0: So now the, the, the $50 million question is, can you stop lake effect snow?
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually just learned recently that um, there was some research in the 60s and 70s here at UB doing cloud seeding. With, uh, they would fly airplanes and pour droplets of silver nitrate in the air over Lake Erie to try to make the lake effect snowfall be more dispersed across Western New York, rather than focused on like a single region in the area. Um, And I'm sure that, I haven't seen any of the results of that research. It was published in some obscure journals a while ago that I haven't been able to access. But I'm guessing that since they, we don't do cloud seeding now, the results didn't work out.
0: (laughs) All right, when can we we look for some uh, conclusions from this research?
1: I would say in a year or two, we'll have some results uh, looking back in time and hopefully predicting into the future.
0: We've waited this long. I know. (laughs) Well, we can't stop it, of course, as she says, but we certainly can better understand it. And we're back tomorrow with a little bit of snow, too. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo.